Pastor Ed Ray on staying in the lane that God has for you. Just be who God made you to be. And don't be jealous of other people who have the same gifts you have, but do it better than you do. Because your combination of gifts will make you uniquely unique in the kingdom of God. God doesn't make any junk. He doesn't make any mistakes. You are the way you are because he wanted you that way. Jesus said, if I will that he remain till I come, what's that to you? You just follow me. Don't compare, just follow me. Zion, now filled with hands, and in this place God will dwell with man. Sit be healed and the crippled stand, singing hallelujah. My kingdom built with the blood of my son, selfless sacrifice for everyone. Faith, hope, love, and harmony. I said, let this world know me by your love. Welcome to another Grow in Grace with Pastor Ed Ray. You know, though Peter had his share of failures, he rebounded in fine fashion and would end up glorifying God through his death. What a great role model for us to consider, as you can be sure we'll fail too. And by God's grace, he can still lead us to victory. Let's see together how the Apostle Peter's restored to fellowship and service with God as Pastor Ed finishes up our study of John. We're in chapter 21, talking about the God of second chances. To most assuredly, Jesus, I say to you, when you were younger, you stretched out, you girded yourself, you tied yourself around, walked where you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. Now, this is a prophecy. Jesus is speaking of something that's going to happen to Peter in the future. But Peter only hears half of it. He only heard the part about, I'm going to get bound and I'm going to be martyred, basically, is what it comes down to. But Jesus said, when you get old, and Peter didn't hear that part. You see, that's actually a gift of God, old age. And some are going, you're out of your mind, Pastor. (laughs) Things happen as you get older and you acquire more wisdom and people start to recognize it. And that's what's going to happen to Peter. And pretty soon, Peter will be known all over the Roman Empire. And yes, he will die in Rome. And he's crucified upside down because he said he wasn't worthy to be crucified the same way his Lord was. But he became a gigantic witness all over the world. Now, I'm trying to say to you, that something good is happening in your life as you listen right now this morning. Faith comes by hearing the word of God and you're growing and you are becoming wiser in the things of the Lord and you have more faith when you leave. Why? Because God wants you to do these same things. And as you get older, you will acquire more and more wisdom. I was reading about this great story about an older woman whose husband had died. She was a widower and he left her a lot of money. And this is Paul Harvey, the radio guy, said it happened in Hershey, Pennsylvania. And she bought herself a brand new Mercedes Benz, 700 series, like quarter of a million dollar car. And this big black 
beautiful, and she's driving around a shopping mall trying to find a place to park so she can go in and shop. And it's a crowded day, and she's, she's creeping along, and finally she sees a guy running with some packages towards her car, and she pulls up and stops, puts on her blinker, and he opens the trunk, throws everything in, shuts it down, and then backs out and, and drives away. And she puts it in gear, she's ready to go in, and a young guy in a brand new red Corvette with a paper license plate pulls in right in front of her. And she couldn't believe it. And he gets out of his car and she rolls down her window and she said, young man, my blinker's on. That's my parking space. And he threw his keys in the air, backed on it, put them in his pocket. He said, that's what happens when you're young and quick. <laughs> she pulls the Mercedes into gear, stands on the throttle, hits the back of that brand new Corvette and spreads fiberglass for 100 yards in every direction. And he's screaming, what, you crazy old lady, what are you doing? She rolls down her window and she says, that's what it means to be old and rich. <laughs> Peter will shine when he gets old. You should count on it too, should God allow you to get that way. Verse 19, thus he spoke, signifying by what death he would glorify God when he's old. And when he had spoken this, Jesus said to him, follow me. Remember those two words. They're simple, but they're God's word to you and to me. Follow him. And you'll get better at it the older you get. Somebody stopped me the other day and they said, why do you go to all those strange places that are out looking at the mission board and has pictures of being with little kids in Nigeria and Turkey and Nepal. My wife and I were there. Why do you go there? I said, well, they got in touch with me and asked if I would go and teach at a school, a Bible college in Nepal, the only one. And I felt like God was saying, go. And so I'm following him. Well, how about Burma? Same thing, same reason. There's a Bible college there. They asked me to come and speak, so I went and I spoke. Well, Turkey's dangerous, and you were in some really scary places in Nigeria in the northern part. Yeah, 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 all that. Why are you doing that? I'm just trying to follow Jesus. This is not an adventure. It's not, I'm not trying to get more excitement in my life. I'm just trying to be obedient to those two words. Follow me. It's no more complicated than that. You may not get it clearly the first time. Well, he said go to this. But just step out in faith and you'll find yourself growing in him. Growing older and wiser too. Second section, comparison. So Peter has just been released from his sins. He's confessed them. Jesus has commissioned him. It only takes him about 10 seconds to blow it. Then Peter, verse 20, turning around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following. John, who wrote this gospel, and leaned on his breast of Jesus at the Last Supper and said, Lord, who is the one who betrays you? Peter, seeing John, said to Jesus, verse 21, but Lord, what about this man? And Peter falls into the sin of comparison, and we've all done it, but he's doing it so quickly. It only took him a moment. He's caught in the trap of comparing. Jesus said, if I will that he remain until I come, what's that to you? It's none of your business, pebbles. Now, we've done the same thing. We see some, the hardest ones are the people who are like us. They have the same talents we have. But we also go the other way with people that are, you know, so we say, well, yeah, I'm a sinner, but I'm not as bad as Adolf Hitler. Oh, that's great. I'm not as bad as Saddam Hussein. But we go the other way too, and we look for people 
who have the same gifts we do, and they're better than us. And then it depresses us. And we're comparing ourselves with them and saying, God, you didn't give me enough gifts or something. Now, Peter's doing that. What about him? Have you ever done that? Don't tell me. I have. Okay, I was a young pastor. I thought the greatest evangelist in the world was Billy Graham. I need to be like Billy Graham. So I studied him. He's got a little southern accent. I can't do that. But what really got me, I've always wanted to be able to say after a service at an altar call, to say, the buses will wait. Because when Billy Graham says that, there's 100 buses outside the stadium and 10,000 people come down and get saved. If I was to say that here, it'd be a Toyota minibus out there. I got over that a long time ago. But that's the point. Willie Mays, some of you know baseball. Willie Mays was one of the greats of baseball. And when he was a brand new player, he really liked Joe DiMaggio, who was at the top of his game by that time. He was a mature player, hitting home runs almost every game. And Willie Mays decided he wanted to be just like Joe DiMaggio. Now, DiMaggio walked a little funny, had a little pigeon toe. And so... That's what Willie May started doing, started walking a little pigeon toe. And when he got up to bat, he held the bat in kind of an awkward way, and, and Willie Mays began to hold his bat just like that. And when he would run to catch a ball, he would run just like Joe DiMaggio. And his game was going down the tube, and his coach finally said, Willie, come here. And he was a Christian, and he said, God made you the way you are. You are not Joe DiMaggio, and you never will be. But you will be a great baseball player if you'll just be Willie Mays. And Willie Mays said that was the day God turned his life around. And he began to just hit what felt good and feel the way that he did. And he became one of the greats of baseball. That's your little nugget this morning for your life. Just be who God made you to be. And don't be jealous of other people who have the same gifts you have, but do it better than you do. Because your combination of gifts will make you uniquely unique in the kingdom of God. God doesn't make any junk. He doesn't make any mistakes. You are the way you are because he wanted you that way. Jesus said, if I will that he remain till I come, what's that to you? You just follow me. Don't compare, just follow me. This is Grow in Grace, and we're listening to Pastor Ed Ray's final study in John's Gospel. Let's dive back in. Verse 23, then the same went out among the brethren, just like in churches today, that this disciple would not die, and as rumor control goes out, yet Jesus did not say to him that he would not die, but that if I will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? So apparently the conversation got mixed up in the first century, and they're all gossiping that John isn't going to die until Jesus returns. But there's a nugget here again for you and I. People often misunderstand God's message to you. Don't be surprised if you try and tell it to someone else, they think you're bragging or they think, I think you might be losing it, buddy. Just know it was for you. And many things are meant to just be between you and God. And don't worry if no one else accepts it. God knows your number. He knows how to get in touch with you. And just take it and make it your own in the quietness of your own heart. So that's Peter's second blow it. Actually, it's his fourth because he blew it three times. This is the disciple. Now there's his promise. This is actually what 
was written at the end of depositions in the first century, if a lawyer is questioning somebody. This is John, the writer, saying, this is the disciple who testifies, I swear, to these things and wrote these things and we, meaning the rest of the disciples and him, know that his testimony is true. So he said, the, the events I was an eyewitness to, this is truth. And then he makes an interesting statement, last verse. And there are also many other things that Jesus did, which if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written, amen. So John wants us, the readers, to know that he's been very selective in the things that he's written down. We saw that back in the last chapter, in chapter 20, if you were with us. There, 2030, it said, and truly Jesus did many other signs, miracles, in the presence of his disciples, which aren't written in this book, but these are written, these seven, so that you might believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of God, and the believing, you may have loved in his name, believing is the key. Trusting in, clinging to, relying on. God said it, I believe it, that settles it. Now, what John is saying is that there are seven miracles in the Gospel of John, and we went carefully over them as we worked our way through it, and those seven are all signs that Jesus is the Messiah. In other words, Jesus did things that only God could do. Other prophets and other miracle workers have done some, but not like these seven. For example, changing water into wine. Why is that proof that Jesus was God? Because you can't take inorganic water, plain water, and turn it into an organic, sorry, little chemistry lesson here, turn it into an organic liquid without the addition of carbon. And without the addition of time, because wine has vintage, and he did it instantly across the room without touching it. And so everybody went, what? How do you do that? Eh, that's no big deal, he's God which is the point of these seven miracles. So, do you love me? Jesus keeps asking Simon. I love the statement about the old Scottish preacher, his name was McLaren, said about this point, do you love me? Jesus Christ asks each one of us not for obedience primarily, not for repentance primarily, not for vows promises primarily, but for your heart, all of it. And that being given, all the rest will follow. You just worry about giving God your heart. That's what Ezekiel and Jeremiah 31 said. The new covenant is God doing things. He said, I will take out your heart of stone. I will put in a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you. I will write my law of love on your heart. And lastly, I will cause you to walk in my ways. He changes us to be like that. So where's your heart? Bible is filled with guys whose heart was in the wrong place. Noah. Noah, his father of faith. He preached for a hundred years, built an ark in his backyard. How much more do you want? Well, he did good up to that point. After the flood, though, he got out planted a vineyard, got drunk on wine. Not a little drunk, like blackout drunk, naked as a blue jay. <laughs> and 
God gave him a second chance. Abraham lied about his wife twice. She's my sister, really, to a king who took her into his harem. How did that work out? So he decided to help God when God said he was going to have a son. He was taking too long, so he had an affair with his wife's handmaid. Hmm. And if you doubt that was a problem, the Middle East conflict that goes on every day in this world today are by those two boys. Jacob, a liar, cheat, deceiver, that's what his name means. And he wrestled with God, wrestled with a, an angel. And the angel finally pinned him and stuck his finger in his thigh and he would limp the rest of his life. And God changed his name from liar, Jacob, to Israel, ruled by God. God of the second chance, God of the third chance. Moses lost his temper and killed a man on the wrong side of the desert, I guess you could say, an Egyptian. And then he ran for 40 years, and he spent 40 years on the wrong side of the desert. Then he met God at the bush, and he spent 40 years on the right side of the desert. But he started beating on rocks instead of speaking to him as God told him to, and, and God wouldn't let him go into the promised land. He repented. And so God arranged it for Jesus to go up on the Mount of Transfiguration, and Elijah and Moses showed up because God is the God of the fourth and fifth chance. Rahab, mm, the prostitute of Jericho. It's not even good to say that in polite company. But she met two godly men from Israel who told her about the God of Israel. And she surrendered to him, gave her heart to him and forsook her life of prostitution. And she married one of the sons of Israel. And her family is in the line now of the Messiah, of Jesus. You can see that in the Gospel of Luke. God of the fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh chance. King David, oh my goodness, we don't have time to cover it all. The God of the hundredth chance, the 250th chance. Jesus told the story of the prodigal son in Luke 15. Teenager goes to his dad and asks for his inheritance. Dad gives it to him. He takes the chariot and goes to Las Vegas and blows it all. I adjusted the story slightly. He ended up feeding pigs and he comes back home. And while he's on his way home, his father sees him a long way off and he runs to him, it says, and he fell on his neck and wept. He was so glad that his son came home and he forgave him. Now, Jesus stops the story there, but I know Jesus could have continued the story to go something like this. So the kid was home for six months and he went to his dad a second time and said, Dad, I, I want more inheritance. And his dad, who's a picture of Father God, gave it to him. Stole another chariot, went all the way to Vegas, lost it all, started feeding pigs and came back. And when he came back the second time, his dad saw him and ran to him and wept and gave him his place back. And then six months later, and so on and so on. You see, no one, has ever found how many chances God will give you. Because no matter how far away you got, no matter how deep and dark and black your sin, if you turn, he will forgive. That's Pastor Ed Ray on Grow in Grace. He'll be right back to finish up our study of John. Again, this is our last study in the Gospel of John. 
And this may be one of those messages you'll want to have on hand for those inevitable times when you or a friend blow it. We all do at various times, and it's encouraging to know that God can restore us just as he did for Peter. And for a CD copy of today's message, give us a call at 844-77-GRACE. That's 844-77-GRACE. Or listen online at thepackinghouse.org. You can find many more resources to help you grow in grace when you visit thepackinghouse.org, like Pastor Ed's devotional. Are you looking for a good book? Allow me to suggest The Jesus Style by Gail Irwin. It's a good one. Throughout his earthly ministry, Jesus taught that if you want to be great in the kingdom of God, become the servant of all. He also modeled this through how he lived. And that's the emphasis of the Jesus style. You'll learn how to follow in the Lord's footsteps and become the servant of all. And we'll send this your way for a gift of any amount. We rely on the support of our listeners to bring these shows to the radio each day. Large or small, each and every gift is appreciated and put to good use, helping many around the world grow in grace. To make a contribution and request the Jesus Style today, call us at 844-77-GRACE. That's 844-77-GRACE. You know, it's a real blessing when we hear back from our listening audience. Whether it's a word of encouragement or a comment related to the study, a question, a prayer request, we want to hear from you. Drop us an email today at packinghouseradio at aol.com. That's packinghouseradio at aol.com. Here now to wrap things up is our teacher once again, Pastor Ed. Close with a true story. It comes from Ireland. And many years, a teenage Irish girl was greatly loved by her father because when her mother was delivering her, she died in childbirth. And so her dad raised her to be a very godly young lady, taught her the Bible. She memorized large sections, doing great until her teenage years. And she read a guy, the wrong guy. And her dad tried to tell her, and she didn't want to listen. She was smarter than her dad because he's old. He doesn't know stuff. And so she's young and she's smart. She marries the guy, runs off, marries him, gets pregnant, has a little boy. As soon as she had the baby, the guy ran off and left her. So now she's alone trying to raise this baby. And her dad is 50 miles away. And he's hurt, disappointed. Everything he'd hoped for for his daughter had gone bad. She decided to write him a letter. So she sits down and writes a letter asking for forgiveness. And she sends it to him. He gets the letter sees who it's from, and he puts it on the hearth, on the top of the fireplace. Doesn't open it, leaves it there. She waits six months. She writes a second letter, pours her heart into it. Dad, please forgive me. I was so wrong. Sends the letter. He gets it, doesn't open it, puts it up against the other one. That happens every six months for four and a half years. And she's broken, trying to get it right with her dad. And finally she decides, 
to take her son, who's almost five now, back to the cabin that her dad lives in. And she instructs the boy what she wants him to do. She said, you're going to find your grandpa sitting by the fire. He always sits in the same chair. And I want you to go in and jump up on his lap and say, hi, grandpa. And they get to the house. She runs through the story again. She quietly opens the front door, looks in. Sure enough, there's her dad, sends the little boy in. He runs in, jumps up on, he does better than what he was told jumps up onto his grandfather's lap and he said, Grandpa, I love you. And the old man melted down to nothing, started weeping, gathered up the kid in his arm and ran to the front porch and grabbed his daughter and they both wept together in the forgiveness that he'd given them. We, you and me, have also greatly disappointed our Heavenly Father by failing to become what we should have been. But the Son has gone in for us and we have been forgiven. All we have to do is run into his arms and be free. Well, it's been a wonderful journey through John these last few months and we sure hope you got a lot out of it. And we've great things to look forward to in 1 Thessalonians starting tomorrow. Come back for the start of an exciting new series with Pastor Ed Ray on Grow in Grace. This program is brought to you by the Packing House Christian Fellowship in Redlands. Selfless sacrifice for everyone Faith, hope, love, and harmony I said let this world know me by your